one facet of guiding, and I think this is this is not specific to technical climbing like ice or rock climbing, but I think about it, it more in that sense for this particular conversation is when we're working with clients who are looking for instruction and they're looking to take the next step and they want to do it with a guide, but that next step is actually them leading routes, for example, or setting up systems where they're in control and you essentially are not control. And it can be a really challenging thing to try to figure out how to work with that client um, and keep them safe and keep you safe and then create an environment that's going to mimic the environment they're going to go back to. So you're not going to add any kind of like extra guide ropes type systems in there. You're literally just going to try to set it up so it looks just like how they're going to do it when they walk away from you with their and climb with their with their friends or partners or whoever they're climbing with. Because um, I find that it's really hard for people to live in the land of make-believe. So if you're like, pretend this rope's not in the system, like this is my safety, but pretend that's not there. Like people really, they, they'll do exactly what they see you do because they're at the beginning's stages of Bloom's taxonomy, right? They're really just mimicking what you're doing, memorizing what you're doing. They haven't really assimilated that information, really internalized the information and, and can't really repeat it and apply it in a new context um, because they haven't had enough time practicing it. So every time we add something in that you're like, this wouldn't be here, so don't don't worry about it, it, it clouds what they see and they what clouds what they remember. But it's really tricky. And sometimes what makes it tricky is because of the ratio, right? If you have two to one, right, that ratio is pretty good because now you have two clients. One client can play the other client and they can switch back and forth. So now you can just kind of sit and watch. Where if it's just one to one, that's where things get challenging because now it's like it's just you and that client. So how do we deal with that? And, you know, it takes some creative thinking sometimes it takes a really good understanding of where that client is at and building and sequencing the kind of events of a day or several days or you know over the span of a few years if you're working with someone for a few years or for a long time you know building that up so they have the confidence and you have the confidence in what each other can do and they're not gonna like do something weird unexpected in a moment of stress right which we all still may do, quite frankly. But so we need to really sequence those clients well, really understand what they bring to the table in terms of equipment, in terms of skill set and desire and time frame and goals, and then craft this experience to try to get them as far as you can. And I think we also have to be honest because people will often show up to me and be like, all right, I want to do lead climbing today. I'm like, well, the chance of you actually leading something today may not be that high it depends on what what we kind of suss out in the beginning part of the day and and see where you're at it may be i'm not saying it's not on the table i'm just saying if you've never done it before and all of a sudden you want to go trad leading like that may not necessarily happen but i've actually had people um like i remember i did this like really mellow multi-pitch ice climb that kind of follows this stream bed and i I had three clients and I had one client who was kind of excited to lead and hadn't really led any ice before, like not really. And so he led and, and, and took one person up and I was like, was right, right next to them, like literally right next to them. And sometimes I would place ice screws 
um, in certain spots that were a little bit more challenging or a little bit more exposed. I might place a whole bunch of screws with draw so they could just go up and clip and then I would be right there to help them build the anchor. So we had this really cool experience where we were climbing this route parallel of each other but right next to each other so I could totally coach them. And, and I preface it with, with saying there's a lot of skills between what you actually have right now and what we're actually doing that you don't have. So what we're doing here because you're with me and I'm right next to you is okay. You walking away from this and I'm not with you will no longer be okay because there's too much stuff in the middle that I'm coaching you to do that we're not really here to focus on learning this. We're just, we're just doing it. Um, and he wanted to do the leading. So it wasn't like I forced this upon him. So he wanted to take that little bit of a risk. And I said, you know what? We can do this. The conditions are right. All the other, all the other factors are stable. So I can make a more risky decision because the reward's going to be super high. So think about that risk and reward podcast I did earlier. So I think that's really important is not just totally saying it's off the table, but trying to figure out, can we actually do this? Can we do this in a way that I'm comfortable enough and they're comfortable enough that even though we are stepping out a little bit on the risk side, that every all the bases are covered. And remember... You know, the classic like client safety, client comfort, client reward kind of little model that we have. And that's also coupled with guide safety, guide comfort, guide reward. Well, when we start having our clients being in the front, whether that's on a ski tour, making decisions or leading, like, yes, does their safety go down? Yes. Does our safety go down? Yes. Does their comfort go down? potentially right now they're nervous because they're leading does your comfort go down yes because you're nervous because they're leading right but does their reward go up potentially huge reward gain there and then for you as a guide the satisfaction of seeing your client get that reward gain that confidence do that skill get that lead in it's also really incredibly satisfying i mean it's kind of why i still do this work is watching my clients achieve some sort of reward whether they know their that was their goal or not you know it's their first time climbing and they don't know how to do anything they just get to the top of the climb and they're super psyched that's a reward and it's very satisfying to me to help facilitate that experience so in many ways like if you think about that same client if they were out with their friend trying to do the same thing they're actually at a lot more risk than they are with with you because you have the ability to maybe solve the problem. Now, you may not want to have to solve that problem. That's totally legitimate. Like, I don't really want to take this risk on because if you peel off and get banged up, now I have to deal with this. But there's, in some ways, there's no better person for that person to gain those skills and step out and a little bit out of their comfort zone than with you. Now, What's the over or underlying principle that I talk over and over and over again? It's terrain. We need to find the right terrain to put these people in that situation. So if it's leading, we got to find the right route. Now, sometimes that's challenging. Maybe you don't have the right route that's there, right? But find the right route that's the right level of difficulty, good gear, good stances, you know, Maybe it has a great fixed anchor with good wrap gear. You know, there's all kinds of things that are going, but find the right terrain, right? In cleaner falls, not weird, goofy traversing falls, unless they're cleaner, I guess. But, you know, find that terrain and get them in that terrain and try to really build them up is super key. 
And if we're, once again, if we're talking about leading, you know, there's a whole progression you can do. You can, you can lead the route and talk about it and then they can see your gear placements. You can top rope the route and they can put gear in on top rope. You can top rope the route and they put gear in and trailer rope. If you had, you can do this just by yourself, but it's really challenging and goofy and you need good ground anchors, but you can have someone on a uh, mock lead. So they're, they're leading, like I just mentioned, um, and if they have a, a, a partner with them, they could be blaming that lead and you actually have a loose top rope. Um, that can work, you know, so there's kind of, we can keep stepping out and stepping up their level of commitment in increments, right? But you have to also be careful that you don't totally um, get them too tired and too frazzled. So when they actually go time to pull the rope and place the gear, right, that they're not too exhausted to do that. You can place all the gear, they can place the gear on top rope and just lead with the the gear that's in place um, and then you can go check all that stuff and then you can also do you know when you're really confident have them pull their gear and lead it it's interesting I've worked with clients many times where we do that whole progression they place all this gear I evaluate all this gear and then they lead and they place different gears like you just placed this gear like two or three times in this route we talked about it we evaluated it and now because you're under stress you're making different decisions right? It feels so different now. So it's, it's always really interesting when you throw that curveball. It's like, huh, okay. Um, so remember like coaching, like you placed a, you know, 0.5 there, right? Or this there, what that there, um, which is really interesting. Sometimes when I'm working two to one, I'll have someone lead and I might actually go lead first or maybe find another way to the top of the cliff and come down on a fixed line. And I might even be kind of rigged up with like a little bit of a spider setup, so that way as someone's leading i can kind of look at their placements calm them down and if they're really kind of cruxing out i can actually just go in and clip into them and then i could just descend with them so i've done that before but usually it's just more in the context of being close to them being able to coach them look at the gear placements like yeah that looks good that's good just go for it you know clip in deep breath right move your foot this way so that can be a really nice tool. You can even do that in multi-pitch training. Like if you are in Caterpillar, you have two clients, you lead the pitch, right? You can, once they belay you up, you just you just have them untie and then you just go down on your rope as a fixed line and either leave your gear in or clean your gear and have them lead and you can do that same thing. It's a little bit more of a process to do that with your clients. You know, you're gonna be out there for a while, but once again, you're letting them get up the route right and you're gonna watch them and so they're ultimately playing that game so that's kind of interesting as well so a lot of little tricks that we can do in the leading environment that can shorten their learning curve for sure and get them actually to to accomplish that goal of like i want to lead something today but you got to find the right terrain you got to employ the right sequence you got to find um you know the right coaching all of those factors that i've mentioned that it all has to be right and then i do think the preface that like we might get to here today but that's only because you're actually with me like this is not going to be repeatable really safely once you leave here and i think that's fair to tell people that um so they they have at least that knowledge um i'm at a point now where i have a couple clients who on-site multi-pitch routes that that i'm just like following and i'm like this is sweet right but once again you gotta be really confident that they're attached to the anchor properly that 
you know they've set up the belay device properly so if you're out on routes that you don't know your likelihood of falling is a little bit higher just because you're in unfamiliar terrain so if they don't have their plaquette set up correctly or their grigri set up correctly then you're in trouble right even on routes that you know really well there's still the possibility that you could slip or a hold breaks right so you can't just say i'm just going to solo this like we kind of climb more with that in our mind but we can't fully just rely on that because that may not actually be reality things do happen out in the mountains so that's where having a deep level of trust in your client and seeing how they respond to stress and seeing their their consistency and their patterns allows you to make that decision i was out with this woman that i climb with a lot and um, watching her progress over the last few years has been so awesome she's been really cool to, to work with and climb with and we were doing this multi-pitch route i had never actually been on the route she had not been the route it was well within her ability in terms of difficulty but it was a new route and it was a little bit funky moves here there and you know at one point she kind of climbed out of view and it was windy so she decided to stop short which i thought was a good call she was a little unsure about where the route went above that she built an anchor brought me up the anchor was beautiful it was bomber like her all of her multi-pitch rope management skills were clean and neat she was totally secure she made a great call you know i'd already known that she was performing pretty well and, and making some good calls but that just totally reinforced that with me you know so i'm i'm even more comfortable as comfortable as let myself with people i'm always like you know i still have to do my job but you know it was just really awesome to see that she got stressed she made this decision she executed it really well and efficiently and i was super psyched and we had a great day um yeah really 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 fun so um now another thing we have here is we have these interesting sea cliff environments that we work in where you can't walk to the bottom and a lot of people who hire us literally want to learn how to climb there and some people have more or less skill and if you're working one-on-one -on -one and you really want to give that person the opportunity to practice like what it's like to lower somebody down with whatever tool you're lowering with and belay somebody back up ultimately you become that person so in the effort to try to make things as real as possible how do we do that now sometimes we can do that by we just we literally just i'll put a fixed line next to the root and like they'll lower me down with whatever tool they're lowering with me and i'll be on the fixed line with some sort of backup usually a grigri um and just kind of you know have that in the system as a backup and then as we climb or as i climb rather back up the sea cliffs i essentially just am using that fixed line as my secondary so if they didn't set up the belay correctly or if they made some transitions from like a munter hitch to a grigri for example and they botched the grigri setup well at least i had this fixed line that i'm attached to you know typically i'm just using a grigri there as well just kind of milking rope through um tying a little knot here or there um so that way if i fall off for whatever reason and they don't have to blaze it up it's not catastrophic once again i'm probably going to pick the terrain to be in my favor so routes i'm really comfortable with and know really well there is that complacency factor with those type of routes but i'm going to wear rock climbing shoes like i'm going to kind of like be ready to actually be engaged on this and put all the eggs in my basket right in terms of safety um, so sometimes that little fixed line trick is kind of key sometimes what i'll do as well as like if i want someone to really get the experience of blaying up with a grigri right i may drop the end of the rope down to the bottom of the climb the end that i will tie into set the grigri up hook it to the anchor tie a stopper knot behind the grigri and now my clients all set up at the edge and just rappel down on on the rope that 
is fixed through the Grigri now, I get to the bottom, tie in, and all they have to do is grab the knot. I, I hand them the brake strand before I go over the edge. Um, but I have a stopper knot to just make sure everything's got loose, soft closure. And then I'm like, just pull the rope to the Grigri. And then I climb up. And then as I climb, every once in a while, I'll just pull down to make sure that they're actually pulling rope through the Grigri. So they're not actually just stacking the rope in front of the Grigri and just pulling it up as I climb. Because then that way, if I, if I pull and they do that, then the rope will come down. So I've used that trick for a long time, and that works quite well. So it's an interesting game to play, and I find it really fascinating and challenging and really rewarding to figure out, once again, not only the, the, the teaching part of how to have these people accomplish their goals, but the technical systems that we employ in there to safeguard them safeguard ourselves but try to make it as real as possible so when they leave and they try to replicate what they do it's going to be super clean and simple um and we can't always get there just because we do have to protect ourselves right as guides we do have to protect our clients so but when we when when everything lines up and we play the game right it's a super rewarding experience